traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida. Today is our Kentucky Derby and our Kentucky Oaks show. What everybody's been pointing for all year long. Uh, we're excited about it because we've got uh, quite a few horses from our Palm Beach Downs uh, training facility that are running. We've got uh, uh, one in the, in the Oaks, and we got got uh, three in the Derby. So it's it's looking pretty good there at, at Churchill. A lot of got a lot of things going on there. Going to have 150,000 people there uh, to watch uh, the Derby. Uh, probably have over 100,000 for the Kentucky Oaks that'll be there. And we were looking at the uh, at the weather forecast in Louisville. It's partly cloudy, high of 77, low of 56, zero chance of rain. And tomorrow Derby Day, partly sunny, high of 77, low of 65. Chance of rain zero. So the weather forecast for tomorrow looks good. Looks good for today. Uh, beautiful day today there in uh, in Louisville at Churchill Downs. And I wish you could be there uh, to see it with us. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today. And all year long we've been talking about uh, you know the horse industry and and uh, equine information and you know things of that nature. And how important it is to our business. Uh, for example, uh, NBC uh, is going to have Derby Day coverage, and they've got cur- uh, coverage of the Oaks today on USA Network uh, and NBC and Peacock. And I tell you, it's very important to get our product out there in, in good in a good form. And with companies like NBC and USA Data Network. Uh, you know, that, that type of thing, it, it really makes it a lot uh, nicer for us because we can follow the people that, um, you know, that we see, whether it's horse racing or horse shows or sales or, uh, you know, what have you. Um, you know, it's very important. And after a long run by ABC Sports, NBC Sports, NBC Sports televised all three races um, from twenty. 20- 21, uh, 2001 to 2004, the Belmont went to ESPN and ABC on 2005, and then the, the rest was carried over to, uh, you know, the Preakness and the Derby to NBC. So and we have bidding wars literally now for all of our equestrian events that are coming up. Uh, it's kind of exciting to see that because it means uh, good things are happening uh, for the horse industry. Uh, you know, like I said, be it racing or shows or what have you. And that's one of the things that um, uh, we were glad to see NBC come out. Uh, we don't know after this season uh, who's going to have what. Uh, it'll be up to the different racetracks to see if they can form a, uh, a triple crown pack, you might say, to get all three of the races. And then we've got a lot of major races uh, during the season at all the tracks uh, uh, that attract uh, the best horses in the world. And that, that's what uh, we're going to find out here as soon as this Triple Crown series is over. We're going to find out who's going to get that um, that package. Uh, we'll give, and, and hopefully it'll really benefit the, the horsemen, you know, will be coming up. But, um, you know, the Kentucky Derby is, is a tradition, a longstanding tradition. Uh, this is the 149th year that they've had the Kentucky Derby. And I tell you, it, it, it's a great feeling to go to the Derby. If you could get there and see the Derby, be a part of it, just the week-long things that they have there, uh, Derby Week. Uh, it's good for the community. It's good for people all across the country to travel and visit and see. And there's a lot of things that goes on uh, the week before the Kentucky Derby. Um, you have the uh, uh in training sales uh, at Keeneland on the 30th of April. They, had, they just had that. Uh, they had the three-day Rolex. Uh, they've got um, all kinds of things going on in Lexington and Louisville. And I tell you, it's hard to get a hotel room now. Uh, they're telling me that uh, the closest rooms you can get are like Cincinnati and Nashville and Indianapolis. And that's a long way, you know, to, to get there to go to the Derby. Uh, you know, but but the people are doing it. 
you know, they're really doing it. And when when you get to the Derby, you can expect a lot of things. Uh, for example, they get 150,000 people that will be there uh, uh, this year in the infield and in the grandstands. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people, and and a lot of people are getting that off their bucket list uh, for the first Saturday in May. Um, you know, I tell you, I think it's great because when you go there uh, to the Derby, uh, Preakness and the Belmont, or you know, uh, up to Saratoga, nobody's talking politics, nobody's talking uh, hate, uh, nobody's talking nothing bad. Uh, you know, it's all good, and you're making a lot of friends. And a lot of people that I know go to the Derby and they make friends. And then next thing you know, they come back and, and they, they're having a, a Derby party at their house or at their friend's house. And they're traveling from one town to another to see uh, their friends about, um, you know, about the Derby. Uh, you know, it's just really great. And, and when you go to the Derby, you got to think about fashion and comfort and, you know, what you're going to wear. Uh, you know, you got to want to, girls want to wear flat shoes. That's for sure. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And then if it rains, it rains. You know, that's the way I look at it. You take a 99-cent poncho uh, in with you, and if you get wet, you get wet. You know, it's it's no big deal, uh, you know, to do that. Just keep your uh, program and your wallet uh, dry. That's all you got to worry about when you, when you go there. And so uh, I've always said, don't even think about the weather, you know. If you're going to let the weather ruin your stay there or your fun there, then don't go. <laughs> you know, don't go. Now, you got to think about it like today. There are going to be a lot of people coming out of Churchill Downs that are getting sunburned. You know, you can sell a 99-cent um, uh, uh, vest, poncho, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they got them there. And, and you can get your 99-cent tube of um, uh, suntan sun lotion. To help you not get burnt so bad. Uh, security there when you're going in uh, is pretty normal. Um, they don't want any purses larger than than one foot or 12 inches uh, in any dyna- uh, any dimension. Uh, cameras uh, with uh, detachable lenses, camcorders, and laptop computers can't take them. They don't want those in there. Make sure you always have your ticket handy. Know where you park your car at. Uh, just, you know, those are the kind of things that you do. And, and one of the things, the biggest tip I can give you is they have uh, the great, you got to have the mint julep when you're there. Sometimes you have three or four. But you got to remember, they're made out of glass, and you don't want to get a mint julep right off the bat because you got to carry a glass around, and, and a lot of people drop those glasses, you know, or they get broke. So um, if you're going to get a mint julep, get it, you know, a little prior to or just right after the derby so that you can take it out with you and you don't have a chance of breaking it, you know, or anything like that. Uh, the um, people at Churchill are really good. they got a lot of good information, a lot of good help people there. Um, and I say the help people, and they're the ones that help you. And all you got to do is ask for help people, and uh, they'll, they'll steer you in the right direction. The cellular and Wi-Fi service. Um like any major sporting event, uh, this sheer number of people that are going to be there at the facility can make cellular service unpredictable. Uh, while our facility has uh, made considerable upgrades, it's still going to be difficult to get your uh, uh, you know cell service uh, out of there or your Wi-Fi service. And then just uh, remember one thing: um, cash is king there. Uh, they they have ATMs and all, but sometimes they're they're such a big line there, it, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. And uh, so that, that's just a little few of the little hints that we have there um, for uh, you know Derby Day. And, and then uh, you know it's kind of funny. Uh, we're not even through Derby yet, and they're already starting to talk about the Preakness. Uh, you know, planning for the Preakness, which is a great uh, great thing to go to. Um, my suggestion is, is if you do like horses and, and you, you do like to, um, you know, travel a little bit, the Triple Crowns is a great series. It starts with the Derby the first Saturday in May and then two weeks from uh, tomorrow, uh, they'll have the Preakness in Baltimore. And then three weeks uh, from uh, uh, 
then uh, from the Preakness, they have the Belmont Stakes in New York. And I, I'd always suggest that if you ever want to really do yourself a favor, uh, try the Triple Crown. Make a plan. Make make a plan for your summer vacations. You know, for the uh, for the summer, um, it, it's really great to do. And what I like about it is you can follow the horse that wins the Derby to, to Pimlico. And if he can win at Pimlico, then you might be able to see a Triple Crown winner like you have had here recently in the past. Uh, it's really a, kind of a good thing to do, uh, you know, when they come in, into that. And, and speaking, you know, of the Triple Crown, uh, literally, literally, we are talking about horses for the 2024 uh, Kentucky Derby. That's the 150th Kentucky Derby. And Churchill is planning some major, major events uh, for the 150th Kentucky Derby. Um, they did a lot of remodeling and changed the facilities around, and it's a first-class facility, which it always was. Uh, but they've added kind of like a European flair to it, more seating, uh, more um, of everything. And it's really good uh, when you go there. You're not on – I mean, you're next to each other. There are a lot of people, 150,000 there, but it doesn't seem like you're on top of each other, you know, when you're there. It's all spaced out and – there's plenty of bedding windows, plenty of restrooms, um, plenty of concession stands. Uh, there's just everything. There's just plenty of everything there. And so Churchill's really uh, done a good job. My hat's off to them. And uh, they're just making it better and better every year, the, the people at Churchill. You know, but like I said, uh, they're, we're literally starting off, uh, you know, with the two-year-olds now. Uh, you know, we'll have a, uh, the jockey club will be coming up. Uh, here, um, we'll have, uh, quite a few good, uh, races at Churchill for two year olds, but the, the two important ones are the Jockey Club and the Iroquois. Uh, the, the Iroquois is where you, uh, start earning your first points for next year's Kentucky Derby. And so, uh, you know, that's coming up here, um, in September. It's, uh, they'll have it, uh, September 17th, I believe it is, somewhere along in there is when they'll have that. And so we've made it through the last uh, half of the winter. Uh, we had the Florida Derby, the Wood Memorial, the Bluegrass, Arkansas Derby, uh, Louisiana Derby, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, Tampa Bay Derby, Lexington Stakes, Sunland Park Derby, and the UAE Derby. And that's how they get there. Uh, those are the final uh, prep races for the Derby. And it gets real exciting because... Um, uh, you know, you never do know who's going to run and how they're going to run. Now, if you go to uh, IENTV.org uh, on here down, if you scroll down to the bottom uh, of the thing, uh, you'll see a, a segment. It's called How They Get There. And uh, this is a little deal that um, I developed uh, to keep and follow the uh, horses for the 2023 Kentucky Derby and the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Uh, the journey starts with the owners, and you're going to see a lot of interviews on uh, NBC and USA Network uh, with the owners. Uh, that's where it all starts with. Uh, we have um, the trainer on there, like Todd Fletcher, uh, interviews with him and how he got there with his three horses. We have Brookledge Transportation, and you'll see how they get transported to the Derby. Um, we have uh, the blacksmith. Uh, the, and you see how they get the shoes and when they get the shoes and, you know, what they do with the shoes. Uh, we have the feed company, how they all are fed. Uh, we have the equine sales, you know, maybe an owner, uh, instead of breeding one and having it at home, he has, goes to the sales and buys one. And then we have all the Kentucky Derby prep races from, uh, September, uh, right on up until, uh, the last, uh, uh, race, which would be the Lexington, uh, and, uh, at, uh, Keeneland. And uh, that's the last one to get in. So, uh, you can keep a uh, count on who's getting what and doing what. And then, uh, we find out, uh, how they decide to run in the Derby, um, is what, uh, the owners have to do. And it's quite interesting to see what they go through and how they, you know, to do what they got to do. Um, this year, uh, it, it was a, it was a hard fought uh, schedule. Um, 
the horse, uh, Todd Pletcher's horse, uh, Forte, ended up with 190 points. Practical Move had 160. Angel of Empire had 154. Caput Trice had 150. Two fills, uh, which should be the second favorite uh, in this year's Derby, ended up with 123. And then, uh, you know, it kind of goes on down from there uh, with them. So it, it was interesting how these trainers had to plan their their season. Um, and, and one of the things that we were talking about uh, last week was about the weather. Uh, you never know what you're going to get uh, weather-wise in the first Saturday in May in Kentucky. And a lot of the guys that were in New Orleans at the fairgrounds, um, they had a lot of rain, cool weather, cold weather. Uh, Hot Springs was really cold this year, a lot of rain. Uh, out in California, they had uh, uh, winds and they had a lot of rain. They actually had to stop training for a few days there in California to, uh, because of the weather conditions. And, and so those are the kind of things that you look for. Um, all the tracks are different surface-wise. Uh, like uh, Belmont, they call it the Big Sandy. And the reason they do that is they've got a lot of sand in the dirt. Um, then you uh, get to a place like Churchill. Uh, Churchill's got uh, is a sandy surface, but not like it is at Belmont. They got a lot of clay in it, so um, you know your horses can move around. and And if you get a little uh, wet track there, it can be kind of slick, slickery, as they call it, um, when it when the rains there at Churchill. And Pimlico is kind of a uh, in between the Belmont and and um, uh, Churchill, uh, so. You know, there's a lot of things that come in there, uh, you know, and to play into it. So having said that, with all these things um, that are involved, uh, there there's a lot of things involved. And, and some of the setbacks that we're going to talk about now, I don't like to talk about, but it is all part of, uh, of the horse racing. Um we have Contour, Practical Move, and Lord Miles have all been scratched from the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Um, it, there's a lot of things going on at Churchill, and they're keeping the um, uh, they're keeping the, the, the racing uh, at, at a high level, and and they don't want any horses to go down. They they have a lot of different things uh, uh, why they were going down. Uh, you know, for example. Uh, we're talking about um, practical move. He had a temperature uh, came up. And was not really on his game. So Tim Yankton uh, noted that the horse had an elevated temperature, so they were going to scratch the horse. And then um, the next horse that was scratched was Lord Miles due to a suspension handed down by Churchill Downs, the trainer Safi Joseph, Jr., uh, following a highly unusual uh, sudden uh, death of, of his horses. In a statement from the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, the Board of Stewards said as follows, For the betterment of racing, the health and welfare of our equine athletes, and the safety of our jockeys, all horses trained by uh, Safi Joseph Jr. were scratched effectively, effective immediately and until further notice. The action was taken um, in consultation with uh, Mr. Joseph uh, and includes Lord Miles, who entered uh, the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. So what's happened is that we've had a few problems with horses either becoming sick or, you know, breaking down or uh, being medicated, you know, that type of thing. And so that's what happened in that situation. Um, it's under investigation. They're going to find out what happened uh, to it so that uh, we can know, uh, you know, exactly what we're dealing with. And, and thank goodness they, they, they have started the investigation before anything happened to any of the horses. You know, so we'll know more next week about it, and it'll be on the news. But, you know, we're looking all together. You know, this year, uh, four-plus horses that had scratched from the Derby um, for one reason or the other. Um, 
you know, and, and that's what I like about the commissions, the racing commissions. Uh, they're on top of this. Uh, they don't want to see any horses hurt. They don't want to see any jockeys hurt. You know, they, they just want to see, you know, uh, that, that it's all safe and good product that they're doing. And we'll constantly be reporting on this, you know, uh, this year. Uh, and, and a lot, a lot of times they don't say anything. A lot of the uh, news outlets, you know, they don't say anything uh, about things that happen like this. But um, this year, uh, you know, we, we talk about it. Uh, you know, practical move. Uh, uh, they came out uh, the other day and said he was to scratch. And, and the reason uh, Tim Yankton, uh, the trainer, plans to um, scratch a uh, practical move uh, from the Derby. Uh, he was a Santa Anita Derby winner. Uh, he's the son of Practical Joe. And Thursday uh, morning, he was a little bit off, and so, uh, you know, they took him out. Uh, and, and that's good to see, uh, you know, trainers looking for the better part and betterment of their of their horse. Um, sometimes, you, and those are the things that are behind the scenes that you don't get and that you don't hear, you know, with them. So, uh, it's true, you know, it's tough to get to the Derby. So now we're going through colds and medication, uh, you know, uh, reactions and, uh, we're going through cold weather and everything. And then, and thank God, uh, a horse, a very nice horse verifying that's in the Derby. Um, he was uninjured after, uh, verif- he sent, he sent his rider to the ground during a morning workout. Uh, trainer Brad Cox said extra riser. Um, his exercise rider uh, uh, suffered a separated shoulder in the fall, but otherwise was okay. So, you know, the rider came out okay, the horse came out okay, and so you know that that's going to give, you know, the the trainer uh, kind of Brad Cox uh, kind of a scary feeling. Uh, You work all year long to, uh, you know, get somewhere, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden they run off in the morning two days before the derby, hurt your exercise rider, you know, but thank goodness uh, rider and horse were okay, and the, the outrider pulled the horse up, and, and it was just a little extra work that he got, before, you know, before the derby. Um, uh, I, I tell you, I, I just, I, I have a hard time trying to explain to people that the, the pressures that you have uh, on you when you're in the derby. Uh, you know, like I said, you don't know when that phone's going to ring and say, hey, you know, you know, we need to vet. Your horse is sick. He got hurt. Uh, you know, it's a 24-7 until you get to the derby. Now, a lot of times you'll know, you'll, a trainer will know during the, uh, you know, the journey to the Kentucky Derby. You'll know, oh, man, you know, he ran bad in the Arkansas Derby or the Southwest Stakes or, you know, he ran bad down at New Orleans and, and, and all, and, uh, or the Arkansas Derby and, and all. And so when that happens, you know, you've got to be realistic and say, well, do I keep him on the road to the Derby? And most trainers do. They say, you know, we plan to go to the Derby. We hope to go to the Derby, but we might not get there in a very fashionable way, such as winning like, uh, the Louisiana Derby, the Arkansas Derby, uh, you know, the, the major races, you might have to um, hunt and pack and get there, uh, you know, uh, running lesser races. But you still got to remember you got to get the points for the Kentucky Derby. And that's very important, too. So the second uh, train of thought is, is if you're not doing good, you know, uh, if you can't win the big races leading up to the Derby, but you're still getting points, you start thinking about what races could I possibly win and what races could I run second or third in to get the points. So, you know, you're looking at that. Uh, and there's just so many things that go on, you know, with it uh, here. Uh, you know, I tell you, you know, this time of year, it's kind of like, and, I, and I'm not kidding because I've been in this situation before with the people that I work for. Um, you're hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping, you're waiting for the for the uh, post position draw, and then let's say you don't get in, or you know, unfortunately, you have an unfortunate setback. And let me tell you, sometimes it's relief. 
<laughs> you know, you go, Whew. you know, we'll start looking for the pregnancy. And there's a trainer, Ch- Chad Brown, and he's a great guy. Um, he's sitting in there. He has a horse named Blazing Sevens. Um, he's going to bypass uh, the, the Kentucky Derby uh, at Churchill and point him towards um, Blazing Sevens the Preakness States. Um, Blazing Sevens uh, was 17th um, in the road for the Kentucky Derby on the leaderboard with 46 points. Um, the top uh, 23-year-olds qualify for the race with the, his defection uh, of Jason Trout and moves him up to 20. So when, when Chad got to evaluating the horse and everything, this is back on the 23rd of April, uh, Chad Brown told the Daily Racing Forum, from April 23rd, uh, I just feel Blazing Sevens ran out of time. I got out of gas. You know, just out of time. Uh, he he wasn't right where Chad wanted him at, at uh, you know, so they were trying to get him in, in the right spot there that he, that he was uh, be able to run it and possibly win. And so what they decided to do with Blazing Seven was continue on training like he were in the Triple Crown races. So now they, he'll have a fresh horse going into uh, this year's uh, Preakness Stakes. And, and, you know, sometimes that, that's a good thing. And you want to win the Derby, but you don't know if you can. You know, that's the hard part. That's the real hard part on it. So see what happens, you know, with that. And, and I tell you, the Derby's not even over yet. And I got up this morning and I looked on on uh, my new, uh, press releases. And I, I, I thought maybe, I you know, I. I was still asleep. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I can't understand this. And, and so I had to check again you know, what they'd given me. And let me tell you, it was interesting. The Derby's not even been run yet. Forte favored in the inaugural Preakness future wager betting. This is future wagering. And they've got him, Forte, uh, hopefully he can win the, win the Derby. But if he can't, you know, he, he go on to the Preakness and maybe win it. But they got him as the as the favorite, you know. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, holy cow! Um, these are horses that are in the Derby. Uh, the Preakness Future Wager Field with odds of Forte four to one, Taffet Trice six to one, all other three year olds eight to one. Um, they have uh, Practical Move at ten to one. Angel of the Empire, 12 to 1. Uh, let's see here. And then the line, it just goes on and on. They're all her horses that are running in the Derby. And so uh, Blazing Sevens is at 50 to 1. So what I, what's going to be interesting is, is I've got these all marked now, and I'll have them on the website. And we'll see how many of the horses out of the Derby literally go run in the Preakness. Uh, a lot of times the Preakness field is not, you know, very big. It's not set up very big. And, um, and this year, I think we're going to have a lot of horses going on to the Preakness. We'll see a full field in the Preakness because that's just the way, you know, I think it's going to come up there. People are going to be, hey, you know, we may not have won the Derby, but we're going to try to win the, the Preakness or the Belmont, you know, so they've changed your training ways and everything. So, uh, uh, you know, that's tough. We're going to look here at the, right now, the, it's the Forte on top and closing derby dozen shuffle, uh, uh, here. Uh, Forte has finished, uh, at the end of the season for, uh, trainer Todd Pletcher and Repulse Stable. Um, he finished at the top of the list. Uh, you know, he is a good looking horse. He's very athletic. Got a good post position this year. Uh, second in, in the um, in the Derby dozen uh, this year in the final poll was Angel of Empire. Uh, he, he's a really nice horse. He, he's training well. Brad Cox is his trainer. Had him in New York, Orleans, you know, most of uh, most of the winter and, and, and the fall. And so he's he's really looking good. Uh, he 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 ran so so I think. Uh, all year long. He was always there. He did what he had to do to win. And that's what I like to see in a horse. 
a horse that can do that. Um, he's he's really good. Uh, we have Verifying down on the list here. Uh, another Brad Cox horse, uh, really good horse. Uh, he did very good uh, in the Bluegrass Stakes. Um, you know, and, and he he could win. He could win the Derby this year. Uh, we got uh, Tappet uh, Tappet Trice. Um, and trained also by Todd Fletcher. Uh, he's looking good. Uh, practical moves is skipping over and, and coming to the Preakness. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, this year's Derby. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're probably going to see the most competitive Kentucky Derby in recent years. I think you're going to see four or five horses uh, get get up there, and I think it's going to be four or five horses at the wire. It's got who who's got the you know the stamina, who's got the speed, who's got the strength, and they always say that at Churchill Mountains, the first time you run down the stretch, the home stretch, is your horse running. The second time you run down the stretch, it's your mom and dad that's running, the sire and the mayor. And that is so true. That is so true. And, and for example, like today, had uh, Rich Strike that won the Derby last year. He's a nice horse, but there it, he was in a stakes race there in the Alley Sheba there at uh, uh, Churchill, five six horse race, and he broke out of the gate and he chased him the whole way around. And you know, it just goes to show you that every horse has his race. And last year, it was Rich Strike in the Derby. And so we're going to see what he's going to do this year, if he does any good, uh, you know, making a run at him, uh, you know, through the rest of the year for older horses. Uh, It'll be really interesting. And whoever wins the Derby this year, uh, you know, we'll see where he goes from here and what he has to do. But, you know, just show you the longest shot in Derby, and Derby history comes up. And he wins the uh, um, uh, Derby last year, and uh, and he, he it was wild. He was he was on the outside looking in. Uh, scratched horse got him into the Derby, you know. And so now we got we got scratched horses, you know, four today or four tomorrow for um, for the Derby. Could one of those four be a rich strike? and come up as a long shot and win the Derby, very well could be. Very well could be. And um, like we've been talking about uh, before here in the, um, uh, you know, uh, in the show, uh, we talking about the rain. And uh, it rained it rained good here at Churchill's Kentucky Derby horses. Take it easy in a slop at Churchill. Um Overnight rain that lingered through early morning and hours, hours, uh, left uh, Churchill Downs track sloppy. That was on April 28th. And, you know, I tell you, it's scary because sometimes you don't know if they're going to like it or if they're not going to like it or if they do like it. And I think what's happened here is the horses have really got a, a good shot of, of weather conditions. Uh, like I said, uh, the rain it's not going to rain uh, at Churchill tomorrow, today or tomorrow. So we're going to see how these horses are going to fit on that track. What we're going to do, mm-hmm. and we're going to say, hey, if it rains, those horses were lucky that we're in Oakland and in uh, New Orleans. Uh, and, but if it's a fast track, and Churchill's uh, as a track is is uh, got a lot of sand in it, but it's also got a lot of clay in it. And when the track gets heated up, um, it gets really quick. It gets really fast. Uh, if it were to rain, um, I think it would be to advantage to the horses that were down south. Uh, but if it doesn't rain, I think the advantage is going to be to the horses that are from Santa Anita and, and from Florida. I think that's what's going to uh, happen, uh, you know, with them. Uh, but the horses have all been working good and, and they're looking good. And I, I just hope the Derby Day is good. Um, the track is good. And we don't have any more incidents like that we've had before, you know, here in the Derby. So uh, 
the, the works, this, uh, the last time all these horses worked, um, were pretty much at Churchill. Now, some, uh, worked away from Churchill and, uh, some decided to stay, uh, where they were at, worked there and then come in. So, little, little, uh, training philosophy there. And, and I think the works were, were pretty good. I really did. Uh, I, I, and like I said, I, different trainers train different ways. Um, notable contender, contenders with the uh, average of a 12 uh, uh, to 1 morning line uh, has the highest average uh, is uh, 12 and a half. Uh, he's a nice horse. Uh, that's uh, Forte. Uh, he was riding uh, uh, along uh, a good road that Todd Pletcher knows how to go down. A practical move. Uh, he he was a very, very fast horse out in Santa Anita. Um, really looked good. Uh, worked five furlongs in 59 and three, which is good. Uh, so, you know, East Coast, West Coast, and, and then South. Uh, we'll see what they did here. Um, I tell you, I think none of them, just looking at this, none of them really worked good. They they worked, but I don't know how much of it was nerves, how much of it was, um, you know, luck. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't know how much of it the trainer says, make it look good, but don't take him fast, you know, that type of thing. Um in the distance that they had to go, it's all kind of different, you know, there with them. And also, it's going to be interesting to see. I couldn't get by and talk to any of the exercise writers, so it was tough. Um, in the weeks and months, uh, days uh, leading into the 2023 Kentucky Derby horse racing plans, you'll read so much about these three-year-olds that will make your head spin. Um, I tell you, when they started nicknaming the horses, that's when you know you got a good horse. You really do. And a lot of people don't like to nickname them because it comes back. Now, like I know, there was a lady that they named a horse. Her husband wanted to um, name a horse after them, after you know, to carry on the family name. And it was funny. They sat there and they said, um, his name was Yoder. And so they named the horse, uh, Mr. Redoy. And that was after their name spelled backwards. And so it it was really interesting to see, uh, you know, how that went, uh, you know, with them. Um, very, very different, very different. And I, I said to myself, I said, well, if you don't want to name a horse after yourself, you know, then and you can't change your name backwards. So, uh, you know, what, what do you do? You know, how do you do that? Like Miller, mine would be really, you know, uh, you know, real interesting and different. So, but that, that's all goes in the name. And, and speaking of the names that we were talking about, a lot of times you get in a barn, uh, you, you get your horses in and you name them, you give them a nickname, a barn name as we call it. They do this with all breeds of horses uh, and everything. Um, In the months and weeks uh, leading into the Kentucky Derby, horse racing fans will have much of their three-year-olds in their terms and accomplishments. Figure ratings, speed ratings, trainers, you know, and jockeys. Sometimes uh, fans uh, emotionally get involved with the horse by giving them a nickname. For example, Angel of Empire uh, it's uh, a real nice horse, paid $70,000 for him, and his nickname in a barn is named after Brad, uh, after Bradley Cooper. And uh, I said, come on, that's, that's different. Uh, Connoisseur, uh, no nickname uh, on him. Said he just sent out his his uh, his uh, um, oh what do you call it? Uh, it would be his his niche, I guess, in the barn. Uh, that we have um, um, Jace's Road. 
They just call him Jace for short. Uh, Tappet Trice is called TT. Uh, he does not like standing out in, on the track. When he gets on the track, he likes to go. He wants to keep moving when he gets on the track. Uh, King's Barn, um, he doesn't have one yet. Uh, some, sometimes uh, it gets shortened to King. And so they said, that's no big deal, you know, to do that. And they start talking about all the little things that they do when they're, you know, when they're in the barn, little, uh, uh, you know, things like they might uh, bite, you know, and, and I know a girl's got a horse that bite, bites at you and they call him Nipper. And and so you got to be careful and watch out for them. So, um, you know, it, it's just kind of a tough, tough way to go. And all year long it has been the road to get there, how they get there. You know, we're looking at weather. We're looking at uh, trainers that have drugged their horses. Uh, we're looking at a lot of different things, you know, that, that they've done. So, you know, we're finally down to it. And we're here to where we're down to the Oaks Day. And today, the Kentucky Oaks is a beautiful, beautiful day for the Kentucky Oaks. And the ladies are going to get out on there. They're going a mile and an eighth on the dirt uh, for $1,250,000. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, who comes up with the win on this. Um, there's a lot that I could tell you about, but I physically didn't get to see it. But they've got some nice horses in there. Uh, the one horse that I really like, uh, Gambling Girl, uh, she's going to be nice. Uh, we have uh, Wonder Wheel, with Jose Joel Rosario. Uh, uh, Botanico's always been a, uh, kind of an interesting horse for me. Uh, doesn't race very well, but recovers very, very good. So we'll, we'll know who might do that in there this week. Uh, I tell you, it, this is wide open. Uh, there's a nice horse in there, and she, she will be right on top of them. And that is a horse by the name of Allie's Look, how is it trained by Brancox? Really good horse. Very, very good horse. Got a full full, uh, full field of uh, 14. I'll be running. Uh, post time will be at uh, 551. You can go to IEN and take a look at it and see it if you can't get anywhere. You can get it on your cell phone, your iPhone, you get it on all, everything. And then um, we come to the Derby tomorrow. Uh, you can go to the website tomorrow. You'll see a lot of things in, in the Derby that uh, we're not going to have on today. Uh, for example, you're going to see how they make the garland and roses on their website. Uh, you're going to just see a little bit of everything tomorrow in here. But the, the Kentucky Derby post time is 6:57, and that's going to be one heck of heck of a, a, a race there. And, and I'll tell you why. And this one starts it. Everybody gets into a rhythm going over to take their horses over for the races on, on that day or like today. And so what happened uh, with this is we, we've got uh, the Derby uh, going off uh, in the afternoon uh, around 6.57. And that's kind of late in the day, you know, and the sun's starting to set. And the horses are starting to think, you know, why did I get taken off my field? Uh, my feed so early, <laughs> and I said, "Well, here's the reason why. Post time is at six fifty-seven, and you normally eat at four thirty. We pull the feed from them at noon, and water from them around two, and then you know we try to get into the race. And they know something's going on, you know, but they just don't know what. And I know every one of those horses could say." Hey, come on, guys. We're normally racing these big races at 5.30 in the afternoon. What do you mean 6.57? And, you know, it's all those things, and like we're saying all year long, it's a combination uh, of weather, uh, you know, geographical location. Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, but then when you're in your normal routine and, and now you get off of it a little bit, uh, you know, you got to go do a lot of things to – uh, you know, to to the horse to keep him busy, you know, so that they don't don't get too excited and start stomping their feet and say, "Where's my dinner?" You know, that's what they're what you're looking at. 
you know, and now we're going for uh, a $3 million purse here that we're going through. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I just see what's going on with these guys. So in the derby, we got breaking from post position one. We got hit hit show, uh, a three year old colt trained by Brad uh, Brad Cox, and he's carrying 126 pounds, which all these uh, uh, jockeys will carry this year. It's an even even uh, you know weight on. And we have verifying that just got loose and ran off. And hopefully when they got him back to the barn, everything was good and they didn't have to do nothing, you know, to his feet or to his shoes. Uh, because that would be de- devastating to do, you know, just the day before the derby or two days before the derby. Uh, I mean, it, it was interesting. So <laughs> I'm sitting up there. I'm starting to look at, like, who didn't have a horse get loose? You know, that's what I'm looking at. I said, man, we've got to find out who this is. So I never did find out because their colors on their uniforms uh, were not very good, and, and and we didn't have a saddle towel on them uh, when they went out, or an eye on the saddle towel, I should say. Um, we got Skinner. Uh, he, he's coming in a practical move. Uh, he might be coming in. Uh, let's see here. Disarm. Uh, he's. This is a horse right here. He's the eleventh horse in the eleventh style on the eleventh side of the track. All eleven, so that could be him. That could be him. So you know, uh, I tell you, I just don't see this thing setting up very well from like King Russell or uh, Madge. Everybody get real high, high on Madge there, and I said, well, no, I said I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, in there with them. But that that's um. You know, I tell you, all year long, we get down to this point. We're trying to say, well, you know, we know this. He worked. He worked on this day. This one was at California. This one, Florida. You really don't know who's going to win tomorrow. I'm telling you, you don't know. And I, I, you know, if anybody could come in and say, you know, I can tell you who's going to win tomorrow, I'd like to meet that person because. If they were, really did know who was going to win what races, they'd be filthy rich, and they would be writing a book and telling everybody about it. But I haven't seen no real rich people. I haven't seen no um, uh, anybody with uh, you know a lot of money in their pocket saying, "Hey, I just went to the track." But um, you know, that's uh, the gambling aspect of it supports all of this. What we do here, and to give a good barometer on what's going on next year. Uh, in the, in the um, horse industry, especially the thoroughbred industry that you're looking at, uh, we've got a gunrunner colt that uh, sold for 2.2 million at the OBS uh, track. And one of the girls told me something was really interesting. I mean, I, I just laughed. Yeah, so. Okay, let's see here. Coming up, got the gunner in the coat. Sells for $2.2 million. Now, this is a good indicator, and I'm having a hard time seeing this on my computer. I'm getting some glitches going on here. Um, but the gunrunner coat sells for $2.2 million at the OBS spring sales. And this is a good indicator of what, you know, the season is going to be coming up uh, like. Um, it's going to be interesting. And the sales were very good this year. Very, very good. Uh, I, I was surprised. Uh, brought a $2.2 million, uh, you know, uh, price on him. And, uh, it's, uh, it shows that there's money out there. That there's good quality horses out there. Uh, and so I, I was, I was interested in going to that sale, but I couldn't make it up there. And everything, we've got a lot of things going on here at the farm. Um, we've got an intermissive uh, colt. He sells for $1.3 million on day four at OBS. And, and so now we're starting to see a lot of these horses, uh, you know, being sold. And these are horses that could potentially, you know, be um, be on the road to the derby. Uh, you know, I've never seen 
the market be as strong as it is right now, uh, you know, for people to get in, uh, especially, you know, when you get to these in-training sales and everything. So uh, I, I was really surprised, you know, see how low sales went. But the Derby is really good. You know, there, there's going to be some good racing. There's some good racing on TV today. Um, if you go to uh, the website, we have America's Day at the Races, and they got a lot of uh, uh, TV uh, and uh, Derby programs on there, Kentucky Oaks programs that are on there. The weather's beautiful. Everybody's doing really good uh, with what they uh, want to do. Uh, you know, uh, the post position draw that we had last week was really good. And, and uh, you know, I'm not really big on post positions, especially at a mile, a mile and a quarter. I'm not very big on that at all because there, there's so many things that can happen. There's so many places they can go and everything. But all in all, you know, if you, if you go by uh, what's been done in the past, uh, you know, that, that plays a lot in it. But, you know, historically, uh, I've, you know, and that's just, this is just me. But historically, I've never watched and, and you know, let post position, you know, uh, sway me one way or the other. And the reason I say that is, especially like in the Kentucky Derby, for example, um, it's a mile and a quarter. Anything can happen. You can have horses bumping into each other. Uh, you can have a speed horse go out. For example, when you're winning colors, when she won the Kentucky Derby, she went as far as she could for as long as she could, as fast as she could. And she jumps out of that gate and she's just gone. And people are wondering, hey, you know, look at her. She'll die off. She, you know, she'll stop running. Well, she didn't. And man, all of a sudden at the tree eight school, these guys are saying, oh man, did we mess up? Um, you know, we should have been chasing her closer, you know, all the way through the race. But she hung on and she wins, you know. Um, so that that's uh, one of the ways to play. But, it, you know, they're large fields. Uh, you can get a lot of bumping and you can get a lot of speed. You can get a, a lot of horses coming from off the pace, you know, coming from way behind. Uh, well, like, um, for example, uh, like Forte, then, uh, you know, in the Florida Derby. Um, he came he came out in the center of the track and just really made a run at it. But, uh, you know, what can you do? Hey, Hit Show has got the number one post. He's going to have to really hit and get it, uh, you know, from that one post because that's tough. Verifying, which is a nice horse for Bray Cox, he got the number two hole. And then two fills. Two fills could he, – he could be a, a favorite maybe or a co-favorite. But, uh, you know, he's ready to go, and he's coming out of post position number three. Uh, confidence game is a good middle pack runner. Uh, Tappa Trice uh, likes to come from off the pace. He's in six, which is really good. Um, so I like that. And then there's a horse called Mage, M-A-G-E. Mage has, has been doing very well, but I uh, needed a lot of schooling. You know, I think that's, that's one of the things that they had to do. Is get uh, you know get that horse schooled a lot, and the way the weather's been and the way the tracks been, it's been hard to get a horse schooled pretty good in there. So uh, I tell you, I'm just keep looking at this. Uh, good trainers, good jockeys, good everything. But um, Forte's got his position out in 15. Uh, we have um, Rocket Can is out in 18. Lord Miles scratched out and contour from Japan. Um, it's got a good outside shot. Uh, if Cyclone Mischief gets in, that's going to be a, a real good uh, post for them out there in 20. And then Kings Russell, uh, he'll be way out there too. So that could, that could be good. But all in all, what we're trying to say is that there's so many things that go into the Kentucky Derby that uh, you, you just don't don't even think about. You got to think. Um, you know, did the horse travel well over the season? Uh, you know, from track to track, and then back up to K Kentucky. Uh, you know, like the horses that came out of Palm Beach Downs with just a few days ago. Yeah, you know, to get up there for the Derby, they left eighty and ninety degree weather, 
and now they're up there in 70 and 55 degree weather. And so that affects them because they feel good, you know, when they get out and get out of that 90 degree heat and, and it goes good. Uh, so, you know, what, what can you say? But there's just so doggone many things in the Derby that uh, going on like here, you know, having trouble a little bit with my uh, computer, um, you know, and uh, we got service that's coming and going. Uh, you know, you might get out to the racetrack and, uh, you know, you might have a few good days of racing and then, you know, some bad uh, rainy weather. And in that rainy weather, you might end up having, uh, you know, cold weather or cold rain, uh, you know, a hot rain. There's just so many things that, uh, you know, can happen you know, in the Derby, and, and I just don't um, understand uh, why people said, oh, well, you know, it's raining, my horse not going to run good. Hey, we don't know until they get, you know, really get down to it. And that, that's the whole plan there, is to figure it out. So what I'll do is I'll get up in the morning, and um, usually what I'll do on Derby Day is I'll take a handful of uh, pennies or nickels, and I put them in, in my left hand, and and I just drop them on the table. And depending on, uh, you know, what they come up, uh, you just kind of go from there. Um, I put, uh, you know, heads in there, uh, tails, and, and then just go for it. So uh, it's kind of interesting to do that. Uh, the first penny I pick up, if it's a heads, then that's my winner. Second penny I pick up, if it's a heads, that's my second place horse and so forth and so on. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, right now here, we've got back on uh, on uh, org. We've got America's Days and it's races are going across the country at different racetracks and, and highlighting a lot of the racing at Churchill Downs. Uh, there we have the the, um, uh, the history of the run for the roses there. And then the one, the one thing that we did this morning, and I think you really will like, is called the Backside Tour at Churchill Downs. Uh, they've got a gentleman that goes around and he, he talks all about Churchill and what all is going on there. And, and that's really a nice, nice tour to see. Um, then we have uh, the making of the garland and the roses uh, in one segment uh, on our website. Uh, it's really a uh, really nice uh, uh, piece to watch there to see uh, how they how they do the garland and and, and the blanket of roses uh, for them there, and then the one thing that I tried to do, and I got quite a few people that really liked what I was doing with it, and how they get there. We did you know the owner, the trainer, uh, the jockey, uh, you know the whole nine yards, kind of giving an inside look at what you have to do to get to the Kentucky Derby, but just for the people that want to look, that are really serious about the Derby tomorrow, that are really going to make a, a serious bet uh, for the Derby. What I did is I went through and I highlighted uh, a few of the top races that really define who the horses are that are running in the Derby. For example, we got like the Wood Memorial. Uh, that, that was ran on uh, April the 8th at, at Aqueduct. And the horse that come out of that, Really good. We got the fairgrounds uh, we, uh, that was run on uh, March 25th at the fairgrounds Louisiana Derby. First um, of April, uh, we had the Florida Derby on there. Uh, then at Keeneland, we had the Bluegrass Stakes uh, that was there. We had Oakland. We had the uh, Arkansas Derby, the Santa Anita Derby from California, and the Tampa Bay Downs Derby. And what I did that for, and the reason I did that is you can go back and you can look at the horse's last race and see how they finish. And, and then you can make your decision there if you think that that horse might be able to win the Kentucky Derby. You can go back and you can read all you want uh, in a racing form, how the race went, you know, how everybody did. Uh, you can do that, but it's better to see, uh, see it on, you know, video or see it in person. And one thing I can tell you for sure in the horse business, no matter what breed you have, the eye don't lie. The old timers say the eye don't lie. All you've got to do is look at the horse, see where they're at, how they're being taken care of, and where they're going. The eye don't lie. And so that's why we did 
you know, uh, those different stake races, because that's going to give you an, an exact eyeful of how they ran that last race. It's not hearsay. It's something that you could actually see. So watch the Derby tomorrow. Watch the Oaks this afternoon. Uh, you can turn on, uh, uh, it's on USA Network. It's on NBC. And you can see it here on International Equine Network on uh, intv.org. So go ahead and have a great uh, afternoon, uh, Kentucky Oaks afternoon, and have even a better sir, um, uh, Kentucky Derby tomorrow on Saturday. So thanks for joining us, and this is Scott Miller with the International Equine Network.